So the other day, I was taking our big old dog, Zora, for a walk, letting her do her outdoor duties and stuff. And of course, at some point there... Walking down the street just the other day. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. some point there, she's got to take a shit in the grass. And she does the thing that like pretty much every dog does, which is after they shit, they kind of like bolt and run away from it. Like, oh my God, got to get away from yeah. it. Ah. <laughs> and it got me kind of thinking about like how funny it would be if that's what people did. Like you'd be in like a public bathroom in a stall and like you just hear that a stall next to you just burst open and a guy just slams it out of there and just runs out. <laughs> that would be amazing. Like there'd be no way to like keep your cool at like a party or something like that no. when you got to sneak off and take a shit or anything, you know? You can't really play it cool cuz as soon as you're done, you're just like bolting out the door just running away from it. Oh, hey guys, uh nothing was going on. I, I wasn't running away. You were from just anything. taking a shit. Oh, no, 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 no. Absolutely not. No. I mean, I, I didn't do that at a party. No. I was I was running from something else. <laughs> <laughs> no. What is with the embarrassment of taking a shit at a party? I don't know. What would be know. the option? Yeah, right? <laughs> like, shit your pants or leave? Is that Frankly, what people want? <laughs> it just kind of disgusts me to think of the thought of just, like, standing here having a good long conversation with somebody whose colon is just backed up with shit yeah. that's ready to go. That's awful. Yeah. Somebody just standing there with dookie butt can't no. do anything. Uh-uh. Just grumbling tummy, like, hey... I'm coming, pal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can put me off right now, but it's only going to be worse later. <laughs> <laughs> you go ahead and take care of that. Come back. We'll finish the conversation. And welcome to the conversation <laughs> starter of the newest episode of Dead and Lovely, the greatest podcast. In fact, the only podcast, even if True. there were others, which there's not, there's not other the, shows, yeah. we would still be the best. Well, that, Yeah, that's true. That's true for sure. You know? Mm-hmm. We, there's definitely no proof that there are other podcasts. Like, we've never had, like, other people from other podcasts on this podcast. Mm-mm. So No, no, no. Uh-uh. Yeah, show me the science. You can't argue with the numbers there. Uh, she blinded me with science. <laughs> Thomas Dolby. Uh, Dolby Audio. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Maybe that. Brains, brainstorm. We're just we're coming up with things. Yeah, brainstorming here <laughs> with the host with the most. It's me, your good buddy, Uncle Ben. Me, Hollywood Steve. And we are here today be having ourselves a good old deep dive chin wag into a not confusing movie called <laughs> yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5 The Dream Child. If you want to get straight to the movie review portion, there is a timestamp for you Check in the it podcast out. description. Right down there. But before that, we gotta catch up, shoot the shit, slam a co-beer, do the usual stuff that we do here on the show. Before mm-hmm. we start dissecting this movie? Question mark? <laughs> it is. It is a movie. It's definitely a motion picture. Okay. For sure. All right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How you been doing this week, Steve? Uh, I've been, I've been. Oh boy, uh, it's <laughs> been a wild time, man. Woo. Um, so my the the engine on on my car. This is gonna sound like deja vu. Yeah, the engine on my car uh, is fucked up. Deja vu, yeah, all same, over same, again. Same same car, new engine, new problem. Man alive, dude. You got to get off that too fast, too furious uh, drift race and stuff that all the kids are doing. You got to get away from that. You're too old for this, Steve. I don't know, Steve. man. It's pretty great, though. I mean, because, like, I uh, I don't know if you know this, but you start out with, like, some DV VCR combos that you got on the black market or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. After a while, you're just picking up torpedoes and throwing them at submarines. So, I get it. 
it's pretty rad. It's a rad lifestyle <laughs> if you can make it work. Uh, but it is hard on an engine. <laughs> so here's what happened. Okay, so this is this is this is my story, and I'm sticking to it. All right. Um, I had I had uh, I had set up an appointment with my homeboy Nathan Hill, art by fiend on Instagram, of <laughs> apothic tattoo, to get a, a post quarantine tattoo. Yeah. I obviously we're still walking around wearing masks. We're still doing all this and that, and we're not gathering people who aren't vaccinated, unmasked, etc. There's all sorts of stuff we still got to do. It's not all over, but still feels like coming out of something at the very yeah, least. For sure. Treat yourself. You got the poke. Now go get a whole lot of little pokes with some yeah, ink behind them. Exactly. Makes sense. <laughs> So I got I got a tattoo themed after the the final scene in The Witch, uh, yes. where she has escaped the patriarchy to freedom in the uh, loving bonds of Satan's arms. Hmm. And so uh, I felt I felt that I was feeling that. So I, I got this tattoo, and I was like, "Man, this is awesome! I really like the way this looks. I'm gonna get in my car and drive home." Not five minutes afterwards my engine fucked up and i was on the side <laughs> of the road on the interstate interstate 81 um near morristown ben and let me tell you that Ooh. is a real narrow area of interstate yeah and people are driving real fast i and, believe uh, that i uh, found a new fear of mine which is <laughs> walking on the side of the interstate not a fan, huh? Not a fan. Not, Not a fan. I'm just saying, this is just a theory. This is just a guess, but I'm following the train of your conversation here. You said that you got you you got the vaccination. We're all mm -hmm. healed to, thanks to the the marvels of science. Right. You you made a decision to go and get a satanic tattoo, something oh. that evoked imagery of the devil. Wow. And then something bad happened? I'm just saying, maybe if you got a dope Jonah and the whale tattoo, this wouldn't have happened. <laughs> it could have been cool, dude. God loves Jonah and the whale tattoos. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that uh, 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 nameless void entity, that extra-dimensional creature uh, is just up there like... Staring at your tattoos and being like, I really hope this is a Jonah and the Whale one. God, that was my favorite <laughs> moment when I put that dude in the belly of a whale. When I was like, you, you go preach to those people in Nineveh. They don't want to hear your message, but you fucking go, you son of a bitch. And he was like, no, I'm getting on the ocean. And then I was like, all right, I'll have a big ass whale eat you. And then you'll live in his tummy. Then what? Yeah. And this has been Bible stories with Stephen. That's right, man. And of course, you know, I think that that interdimensional being says all that stuff in between being like, huh, this guy was, you know, born with extra skin on his penis and he didn't cut it off. What an idiot. Oh, oh and man, I'm don't the get one me that started put it on there. circumcision. Circumcision is <laughs> barbaric. I don't remember having it done, but it must have hurt real bad because I didn't walk for a year. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> Dude, yeah. <laughs> Fuck circumcision. God, Jesus. But yeah. This started with a motor exploding. Where have we gone? <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. So, motor exploded. Anyway, yeah. So, uh, luckily, you know, we just we just purchased that engine recently. So, it has a warranty on it, uh, which very much, <laughs> we're well within it, as it hasn't even been six months mm. since we got a new engine. 
Oh so boy. So fucking shit is <laughs> my point. But um also yeah, yeah, uh, a pretty okay week. <laughs> All right. All right. How about yours? Been good. Been busy and stuff, man. Just really been kind of Florida and all that jazz, but things have been good. I had time to watch a few things this week that I want to tell you about. First oh, things first here, I got to tell you about a little movie that we watched. What's called Sleeping with Who? The Enemy, starring oh. one Julia Robert. Julia Robert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know her. Yeah. yeah. She's um real popular here in the states she was in that little movie called purdy woman that's the one that's exactly julia robert we had never seen this movie before well i'd never seen this movie before it was enjoyable it's a good watch man i don't think i've ever seen it either so when's that from like 96 97 area uh no it's earlier than that it's like not too far after pretty woman so it's kind of right there around that area uh, I think we underrate the acting chops of Julia. She got some chops. Yeah, she does. I know. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't underrate her. I, I think she. I think she's got chops. So that was enjoyable. We uh, also decided to continue the work that we started last week, watching Three Men and a Little Baby, and we watched Three Men and a Little Lady. All right. How'd it go? Still okay. It's all right. It's not really like a child raising movie. It's more of a romantic comedy sort of story, but it was still pretty it. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with a kid in it, pretty much, man. But the thing is, is like it really got me thinking about all the opportunities for sequels that they miss. Like maybe there's, you know, maybe like ten or fifteen years after the events of that movie, you know, the girl she's grown up, she's on spring break, she's down in Cancun in the late nineties and stuff. I was just thinking like she's down there, she's partying, she's she's showing her boobs to just everybody, and the three dads have to go down there and get her in the movie called three men and a girl gone wild what do you think about that <laughs> i'm really surprised that didn't happen honestly not not right? necessarily that storyline but i if three men and a baby had come out a little bit later to where by 2010 she would have been like 20 or something there would have been another installment like because yeah. that, that was around the time they were like any any intellectual property please can we please just we don't want to pay writers. We just don't <laughs> want a new idea. Uh-uh. <laughs> and now I think we're also set for a sequel where, like, the three dudes are just old boomers in a nursing home. And oh, she's yeah. got to go over there and, like, try to explain to them that, you know, they're, like, posting racist, dumb memes on Facebook that come from Russian bots and stuff. And it's like, instead of three men and a lady, I think this time it's going to be a lady and three old boomers. <laughs> There's potential there. Trademark dead and lovely. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I can see. We also watched uh, X-Men 2 or X2 as it's sometimes known. Oh, X2. Yeah, yeah. It's all right. Honestly, yeah, like, right. I remembered more like cool stuff from that movie, like Nightcrawler and all that jazz, more than I remembered what it was actually about. Like there was yeah. so much stuff in there. Where I was like, oh, yeah, they team up. What? Uh-huh. Like I totally forgot about a bunch of stuff, but it did get me thinking of some stuff about some of these characters. All right, dig this. Okay. Mystique. Everybody's right. favorite Rebecca Romaine lettuce shapeshifter. <laughs> she turns into anybody, right? When did she marry into the lettuce family? Was that recently? <laughs> I know they have a fortune. Yeah. From the lettuce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's an heiress to the lettuce fortune. 
So I was thinking about this, and you could be hanging out with her, and then she shapeshifts into like a senator wearing like a three-piece suit or something like that, right? Uh-huh. If she takes the suit jacket off, right, and then turns back into Mystique, and then turns Where, back what into a senator, and takes the suit jacket off, could she become a coat factory is what I'm saying? Could we have Mystique coat factory? I mean... You know, you say, could we? I say, can we? Marvel, please. Yeah. Mystique Coat Factory. Bring it on, man. I'm sure that this has been answered in the comics somewhere, but what got me thinking about it is there's a part in that movie where she's transformed into Wolverine, and she has claws that Wolverine right. then, like, cuts off because they're not adamantium. And it's like, okay, so you can sever parts from Mystique. So that must mean she could take off a jacket or something, right? This is a good question. And I, I've never really thought about it. Yeah. It Somebody seems knows. like, yeah, it seems like if you cut, like, huh. Yeah. Like, and also, is she, like, elastic? Is she, like, stretchy? Because, like, she becomes people that are much larger than her. Totally. Yeah. So you must be able to gain mass or reduce mass and stuff. I don't know. I don't know. There's some questions now I got I, here. Now I got to read up more on Mystique. Okay. Dang it. Challenge accepted. Research time. Yeah. <laughs> also watched School of Rock last night. Haven't watched that in a really long time. And I'll tell you what, man. I know that I'm just becoming an old sappy fart because I'm totally watching this movie the whole time being like, man, everybody needs a teacher like this. You're it's not great. becoming an old sappy fart. People love that movie. Okay. okay kids who grew up with it are really affected by it like oh yeah very recently on twitter there was a lot of jack black appreciation uh and a, a lot of it stems from school of rock and you know his body positivity and things like that yeah. he's a, a very positive guy it's interesting you bring it up because i i haven't wanted to talk about that the conversation that happened recently online for about a day of uh jack black being sexy because it was the most, uh, I don't know, demoralizing bit of... Because, uh, okay, so what happened was a whole bunch of people were talking about Jack Black being sexy. And then a b whole bunch of guys who probably have body, body types like Jack Black were like, you don't think he's sexy. <laughs> Come on. And here's, here's, I just want to take those guys aside and be like, do you think the only difference between you and Jack Black is that he's famous? Because <laughs> he's super talented. Yeah he, yeah. he also has a personality that's very likable, and he's extremely funny. Yeah. Do you seriously think they're saying he's sexy only because of his body type? They're talking <laughs> about his personality. <laughs> One of the most outrageous things I saw on a Reddit thread was dudes who were like, like, I look like Jack Black and my wife tells me I'm sexy and I just think she's crazy. And it's like, you are married. You have a person <laughs> in your life who cares about yeah. you to the point they want to be with you for the foreseeable future. Yeah, what does she know, though, huh? Yeah, you still don't get it, right? <laughs> you still don't fucking get it? What the fuck? Like, I, I, it didn't make... Uh, the demoralizing part was it didn't make me mad at these men. It made me understand, like, how low so many men's self-esteem is. That's true. 
It is so fucking low that you can be married to a woman you think is outrageously gorgeous and she tells you you're sexy and you're like, she must be insane. <laughs> this I've married a crazy person. Hold on there, ladies. As a straight guy that's not attracted to men, I know what's hot in a man. <laughs> yeah, Trust exactly. Me. That's exactly what it was. It was like a bunch of straight dudes being like, you don't think Jack Black's sexy? Because like... They don't, because they're not attracted <laughs> to men. <laughs> that might have something to do with it. I don't know. Yes. God damn it. It was so frustrating because it was so many uh, very uh, gorgeous, wonderful women saying out loud, I think this dude is sexy. Yeah. And so many dudes just misunderstanding entirely. Wow. Uh, it's ridiculous. Anyway, Jack Black is awesome. School of Rock. He's great, great, man. Well, dude, like whenever I saw that movie the first time, I think I saw it when it came out around 2003, and I remember like enjoying it. But then, you know, in between then and now, I've had uh, what like 18 years of like teaching music lessons to yeah. everybody, like all ages and stuff, especially a lot of young kids and teenagers. Yeah, teaching does change your perspective there, dude. Yeah, and it's like I go back and I watch this movie, and I'm like. My fucking allergies are acting up watching this because I'm like, kids need a good teacher like this. And it really did just make me they happy really to do. watch. I think that's just going to become one of my like fun anytime just have it on watches. It made me yeah, feel it's, it's a good rad feelings. Movie. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot, man. What else have you been watching this week, man? Man, I uh, I watched a little movie on Shudder uh, called Boys from County Hell. Never heard of it. It's Irish vampire movie, and I recommend it. It is fun. Yeah. Uh, shades of uh, of Shaun of the Dead, I would say, like okay. will be pretty, pretty clear homages there, uh, somewhat. But it, it's its own thing, and definitely has its own brand of humor and stuff. Uh, fun. I, I enjoyed it. Nice. Are the accents thick as thieves? Oh yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> it's it's very Irish. It's very Irish. I I was really enjoying how. Uh, in Irish, like the word now, N-O-W, is like N-A-E-O-U. Yeah, no. No, <laughs> no. no. Yeah, I, I just love it. I, I kept like, I don't know, I kept repeating the words. I really like that accent. But, I do the um, same thing, yeah. Yeah, but it, um... It's 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 fun, and, and you know it's a, a regular reminder. Bram Stoker was Irish, like you know. Oh, don't forget I think that. I knew that. Huh. People forget it. Um, right. So yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, Boys from County Hell, really fun. I enjoyed it. Recommend it's on Shutter. I also watched a little movie by the name of Mortal Kombat. Test your might. We should be careful, because that'll probably, what we just did will probably trigger an algorithm somewhere. They'll be like, oh, they used the Mortal Kombat music, because we just nailed it. <laughs> Take it down. <laughs> <laughs> so you you yeah you watched this? We did indeed watch this yeah. the other night, and I went in, honestly, with like very low expectations, because, hey, guess what? It's a movie based around a 2D fighting game <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> from our childhood. Dude, like, here's the thing, man. I saw so many people getting legit mad at this movie. They were like, it's so corny. They yep. made all the stuff not cool. And it's like, dude. <laughs> they didn't make that. It was no. not cool in the first place. 
Yeah, dude. It's like, okay, for this movie to have been made and not be corny, it would have to be so far away from the game that you would be pissed. Yeah, it can't. Okay, so yeah, that. All right. <laughs> yeah. I, I Here's what happened. I watched MK2021, and then, um, you know, I had completely forgotten 1995's Mortal Kombat, but I didn't yeah. like it when I uh-huh. saw it Me as either. a kid. Uh, so I, I I went back and watched it because I was like, I was I was kind of adamant that this 2021 was was better. I was thinking it must be, yeah. Yeah, having watched both of them, they're both bad, good in different ways. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like they're n- neither is good. Like yeah. no matter how you you slice Mortal Kombat 2021, there's a lot of shit in it. Like there's no tournament. No, but uh-uh. they keep talking about the tournament. Yeah, <laughs> that's something where I was like, "Are they gonna get to the tournament yet? Or are they nope. just gonna like try to kill each other off before the tournament starts?" Because oh, what's the you point can of that? tell they are looking for a franchise. They did oh, not yeah. want to blow their wad on the first one, meaning they didn't want to have plot in the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just training sequences and then some really cool fights. But the fights are unrelated to any sort of tournament. The fights are them trying to keep each other from being in the tournament the tournament itself is the <laughs> dumbest idea like yeah, the concept obviously. is stupid the entire like the more you like look at the foundations of mortal Kombat, the more you go this is dumb that's what i'm saying yeah it's because it was storytelling on an arcade cabinet yeah dude <laughs> it wasn't about like this huge like well-developed story it was about blood and punching <laughs> like what the hell like it could never be a great movie if it were it wouldn't be a mortal Kombat movie exactly what i'm saying dude that's exactly what i'm saying and i don't know man like i got out of it what i wanted which is to say i was kind of hoping it would be a mindless action punch and blood movie and it kind of was like yeah. you don't have to pay close attention to it you can tune out for the uh for the story parts and just tune in whenever there's people on screen fighting and you'll see some really good gore and it's brutal rad. stuff. Yeah. It's fine. I got out of it what I wanted, honestly. Watching the 1995 one, like people who are nostalgic about that, trying to remember that the majority of the fights in MK1995 were um, one of the characters from Mortal Kombat and some rando. Yeah, a lot of jobbers. Yeah, and also that the fights were nothing like Mortal Kombat. They involved, like, stick fighting and stuff like that, and it's like, this is not Mortal Kombat. Yeah. So this was more like the game in that sense. I guess so. And also the fatalities, like, were fucking rad. Yeah, they were great, man. And I loved, like, some of the performances and characters in it. Like, Kano and Cabal stole the show. Like, I would just watch a video of those two guys. I thought that they were great. Yeah, I, I would love, and, and that's, I mean, that seems like, it seems like they're trying to set up a franchise. Like, that that's exactly what the movie is, and it's exactly what DC failed at, too, where you can't just make a good standalone movie. Like, just make one movie. Yeah, One sure. movie with a solid story, and if people want more, they want more. But don't come at it assuming, like, Oh, this this will be like twenty movie, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like when a it's like when a porn movie is called like, you know, uh, 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 
butt sluts one. And it's like, Your oh, innocence is showing. what hubris. What hubris. <laughs> well, well, no, that wasn't innocence. That was me trying to not be horrendous. <laughs> and I and landed on butt, butt sluts. sluts. <laughs> I was trying to come up with any porn title in my head that wouldn't sound horrendous. And I couldn't. I couldn't. But you know, whatever. Something tame. It, uh, butt sluts. <laughs> butt sluts. <laughs> I want to know what like choice number one was there. Jesus Christ. <laughs> My apologies to anyone. Sluts, not a cool word. Um, <laughs> uh, Jesus, <laughs> fucking hell. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I just now I'm trying to think of any porn title that would be in any way not. What What would you say? Oh Ben, come on, come up with anything. Um. Uh, let's see, uh, my, my, my gardener is also my mistress, volume 12. What? <laughs> is that British? I think that's British porn is what that is. And in, in England, if you read that, you'd be like, oh, what a dirty title, isn't it? <laughs> mistress is as a, you know what that means? A bit of the old minge. Mmm, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it goes this is like overheard at the british sex store i'm pretty sure yeah i think it's it's probably like god damn you want you listen to our show and you know maybe we have a joke about honey i fucked the kids and i i i think like boy we're like two seconds from being canceled at any moment right oh yeah oh yeah for sure definitely yes <laughs> <laughs> it's got to happen. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's probably going to be, it, it'll be righteous and just and we'll deserve it. <laughs> yeah, I think what, whatever the cause is, I'll be like, yeah, we kind of, yeah. We yeah, thank, yeah, thank you all for your time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mortal Kombat, I had a good time with it. I think that one thing that we can all agree on is that the soundtrack of the original one was clearly better. infinitely yeah. better, dude. The soundtrack of that thing is fucking awesome fear factory i think like napalm death was on there kmfdm like so much badass stuff on that soundtrack this one did not deliver in that regard for sure no at a certain like a a few points it kind of did like some homage to that but it, it, it really it wasn't yeah but you know the thing that uh the central story of scorpion and sub-zero is a uh like shouldn't be in the movie because it's too good i think <laughs> right or it could have just been its own movie like that whole movie yeah. just could have been setting up like the rivalry exactly. of those two. Oh, here's the funny thing about that too man because we were watching this movie and you know kate never really played the games or anything like that so she's asking me questions about the characters and i was like huh this is odd it seems like they're kind of setting up scorpion as like kind of the good guy of this movie and she's like well was he a good guy in the game and she's like, wait, were any of the people in the original game good guys? I think they all, like, murdered each other. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Nobody in the games is really that nice to each other. Now that I think about it, they are very killy and stabby, aren't they? Yeah, the, I mean, <laughs> basically you got the, I mean, <laughs> you don't want you don't want to think too much about Mortal Kombat, but you got the forces of Earth who are the de facto good guys because yeah. they're for Earth, but they don't do good guy shit. So, yeah, I mean, but it was the 90s when, you know, everything was extreme. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I think their whole storyline just could have been its own movie. I would have been Yeah, and would have been a, probably a really solid movie because, like, that that was a good story. It just, like, doesn't, 
fit the tone of the rest of the movie because the rest of the yeah. movie is goofy dumb shit. Pretty much, man. I'll tell you what, before I can get any further into this podcast, I've got to throw something liquid into my face. Ooh, you mind yeah, if I do that? Good. Yeah, throw something liquid into your face. I'm going to do the same because I've got some homemade spicy water over here, Ben. Uh-oh, what do you got in that? Just It just bubbles in water. Ooh, do you have one of those like, uh, carbonator forced things? into water using a, 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 a soda stream. Oh, I didn't know you had one of those. How do you like it? Oh, not worth it. Yeah. Honestly. Like, I mean, it's worth it sort of. It used to be. So we, when we first got it, it was like cheap to refill the, the, um, canisters and stuff. And then I guess Pepsi who owns SodaStream was like, wait a second. We're basically selling people carbonated water for cheaper than we sell carbonated water. We have to up the price of the canisters. I see how they did it. Big Cola at it again. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. But then also, I could probably just get a different CO2 system and save money. But I, I don't like paying for... This is the most boring old man talk. I don't like paying for seltzer water. Because it's just water with with air forced into it. Like, it's so insane to me to pay, like, four or five bucks for a 12-pack. When you say it that way, okay, I get it. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. But, yeah, homemade spicy water. What you got? I've got myself some bubbly water that's also full of hops and all kinds of good stuff. This comes to me from Sycamore Brewing, which I've never had anything of theirs before. I haven't either. Of Charlotte, North Kakalaki. Mm. This is their Juiciness India Pale Ale, uh, which is 6.8% ABV. It claims to be juicy and refreshing. This thirst-quenching IPA is dripping with lively oh. citrus notes, first sip to last. It sounded like a good thing to have on this very warm day that yeah, we're having in Tennessee. Outside. It was like fucking freezing last week, and now it's like 80 degrees outside. Yeah, it's ridiculous. That's Tennessee for you. We got to get you some more cold beer. I'm over here Thor Gooden it, man. I'm drinking alone with nobody else. Yeah. Ooh, man. <laughs> but let's find out if it's worth it. This thing smells real good. It does indeed smell juicy. Now, this spicy water I'm having has uh, the distinct taste of, oh, uh, filtered water and what is that? Oh, yeah, that's carbon dioxide. Yep. Ah, mm-hmm. notes of mm. carbon dioxide. I mm, see. Good stuff. Mmm, tasting notes, long-lasting finish, good mouthfeel, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this guy here is great. You would like this a lot. Uh, you would really enjoy this. I it bet. is indeed, you know, juicy and IPA-ish, but the hops are still cutting through. You're not just getting, like, you know, a total juice bomb, like, this doesn't even taste like beer. This right. still tastes like beer, but it does just have a nice, hoppy, juicy lightness to it. So way to go. Sycamore, you guys done me right. This thing is delightful. Sycamore, how about sycamost? Wait, no. Yeah. How about sickless? Yeah, yeah sick <laughs> less. Good. It doesn't make me sick. It makes me less. Less. <clears throat> yes. Trademark dead lovely. You heard yeah. it here first. <laughs> well, you know, Steve, the subject of today's episode is, of course, a return. To the land of Bobby Zed, we're talking old Bobby UK, Freddy Krueger, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, yep. we're talking a little Freddy, which means we're going to be talking about 
some kids that are just getting mangled in their dreams. Their dreams are turning to nightmares. There's other stuff that's happening that doesn't make a lot of sense that we'll get into. But the majority of it <laughs> is, of course, those crazy dream sequence kills. That's what everybody tunes into these movies for, right? I Yeah, I mean... As post uh, Dream Warriors, definitely it became about the elaborate kills. So th- that's what you're looking for yeah. in part five, right? Mm-hmm, I think so. So I say to commemorate that and to get really just kind of in the zone to talk about the crazy dream killer known as Freddy Krueger. How about we just take a little detour here into the preview palace first, okay? Welcome to the preview palace, bitch! <laughs> Intro by Freddy himself, very nice. Yeah, thanks, Freddy. And I say that in this installment of the preview palace, we just do some exploring here and think about what would happen if maybe some characters from other horror movies that we know and love had their dreams unlawfully invaded by old Fred Krueger himself. What do you think about that idea, Steve? Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Well, it's a good thing that earlier today we both tossed each other three different horror characters that we'd want to have their dreams invaded and talk about what those kill sequences and stuff would be like. Good thing yeah. we did that, huh? It is a good thing, because otherwise it would just be us like, um, I think it might be, um, what about be bad. this? Uh, <laughs> duh, and then he dies. Um, and then he dies. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a lot of that, I think. So we prepared ourselves here. So one of the ones that you tossed me was Nick Frost's character from Shaun of the Dead. Ed, he's known as Itney. Yeah. Yeah, well, how would Freddy nightmare kill Ed? Well, here's the thing about Ed. And this is kind of interesting because something Kate brought up is that this would also be Freddy's first trip to the UK, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. So he'd be dealing with a lot different kind of vibe than he does here in the States. I think that would cause some problems for him, because here's what I'm imagining. I'm imagining Ed is sitting there on the couch. Right. He's playing some video games and stuff like that. Getting stoned, probably. Yep, yep, definitely getting stoned. And then Freddy comes in, and he kicks the door down, and he's like, Welcome to game time, bitch! And then Ed would be like, oi, cunt. Right. And I think Freddy would be so taken aback by that that he'd be like, <laughs> what, what did you call me? <laughs> right. Oi, I called you cunt, didn't I? And then he'd probably like blow out a big puff of like pot smoke into his face. Freddy'd be like coughing. His, Freddy's all scared of fire and stuff too. So he'd be like, oh, bitch. Bitch. <laughs> and then I think Ed would be like, cool it. It's a point of piss, isn't it? And Freddy would just be confused. And I think he'd like flash out his like clawed glove at him. Yeah. But then, like, Ed would be so just, like, stoned and out of it that he'd be like, oh, thanks, governor. And he'd use, like, the, the claw to, like, cut open a Cornetto and just have himself <laughs> an ice cream. Right. You know? And I think Freddie is just so, like, taken aback by all this stuff. He's like, I was not really anticipating any of this. <laughs> right. I think that basically what ends up happening is like Freddy is just so thrown off by the entire vibe of Ed that he just lets himself out, sees himself out the door. He's like, this is not working like it does in the States. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, (laughs) it's also possible it could go. I mean, because like if we're talking uh, part six, Freddy, he sits down with Ed and gets stoned, right? Like, I think he would. by By the time by the time you get to like Bugs Bunny, Freddy. Yeah, 
But yeah, I think you're right. He'd just be like, because Ed would be so just absolutely like ambivalent about the situation. That's what I think, man. Yes. I think that's how it would go, man. Awesome. Ed's nightmare. What do you got? So you uh, you asked me what uh, trash from Return of the Living Dead's uh, <laughs> Quigley death might be. and uh, <laughs> She loves death, dude. She loves death. She loves it. But... You know what she hates? Huh. Clothes. That's hates true. Yeah. Fucking hates clothes. So <laughs> here's what I think Freddie does. Um, so she wakes up in a mall surrounded by clothes. They're everywhere. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. So many clothes. People start filing into the store. They're happy. They're loving life. They're enjoying themselves. Mm-hmm. She tries to escape the mall. She gets outside sunshine beautiful outside it's gorgeous yeah oh my gosh she she uh she tries to duck into a a a creepy looking old shed thinking oh all right death over there probably yeah maybe i can slip these clothes off filled with puppies oh no she thinks i'm gonna slip my clothes off she goes she starts to pull her her shirt off Mm -hmm. and as it gets to the nipples a second shirt appears Oh no! It's like right at that, right at the apex. It's like just kidding. Another shirt. Nope, another shirt. Sorry. Uh, then she keeps doing that until eventually she rips off her own skin, and that's yeah. how she dies. <laughs> I like that. That does sound like a nightmare situation. Well, uh, who who you got next? Okay, so the next one that you picked out for me was one Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. That's the one. And I was thinking about this guy. I was thinking there's a lot of different angles this could go. But ultimately, at the end of the day, Patrick Bateman is the most self-absorbed, you know, pretentious, self-obsessed kind of guy that there is, right? Yeah. So I'm thinking that Freddie would put him into a dream where, you know, his his bloodlust has just gone crazy. He's just walking into the homes of random people to, to kill them and satisfy his bloodlust and everything. And he goes into this apartment, and he busts in on this guy, and what he's shocked to find is that this guy, he's not in there listening to Huey Lewis in the news, he's listening to the Smiths, some band he's probably never heard of. (laughs) And Patrick Bateman's like, wouldn't you rather listen to something that's on the top 40 radio? And this guy's like, no, I only listen to independent artists that you've probably never even heard about. Yeah, exactly right. Patrick's not going to like that. No, he's not going to be into that whatsoever. And so then, you know, he's doing his thing. He's trying to talk to this guy and be like, what if I carve you into a million pieces and eat you like a filet? And the guy's like, that doesn't sound good. I'm vegan. Oh, wow. Uh Uh-huh. That's right. He goes to setting all the plastic on the carpet and stuff to kill this guy. And the guy's like, that's probably a good idea. That's an organic gluten-free rug that I picked up at the local weavery wow this is just everything patrick would hate yeah he's finally found somebody who is more pretentious and self-obsessed than himself he's found himself like a modern trust fund indie downtown hipster type (laughs) that's actually even more into himself than patrick bateman is i think that somehow (laughs) basically the entire stress of this situation not even being able to make a dent on this guy drives him so crazy that he actually hatchets himself in the face <laughs> just to get away from it. 
Yeah. Right? Okay. <laughs> and this guy, of course, is played by Robert England. Yes. He's looking real nerdy or something. He's got exactly like right. Yeah, yeah. Alright. I like this. <laughs> I think that works. <laughs> so, Ben, you asked me what moaning Myrtles. Freddy Dream would be like. That's true. Not necessarily a horror character, but we have covered Freddy, uh, Freddy Potter, <laughs> Harry Potter <laughs> movies on this show. So yeah, and um, we know a couple things about Moaning Myrtle. First, mm-hmm. she loves being pissed and shit on. That's loves true. That. She hangs out voluntarily in the U bend of a toilet. Oh yeah, yeah. So she loves that. Now she. She probably hates basilisks, right? I should think, yeah, yeah. Yeah, probably not a big fan of them. But she also loves boys. She does, crazy about them. Here we go. She is, she wakes up outside of the U-Bin, and she sees people just pissing and shitting in it. And she tries to get it, she tries to dive in, ghost style, and she can't. She can't oh, do no. it. Oh, no. I'm so angry, she says. Oh, you're missing out on me pissy shitties, aren't I? Yeah, she's missing out on her pissy shitties. So she she uh, goes over to the the uh, the prefect's bathtub, uh-huh. where she, know, you know, she normally gets in there to look at dicks or whatever. Uh, she gets in there. She sees all sorts of dicks. She's like, this is great. They turn into basilisks. Oh no! Big old snaky ones, or or whatever basilisks do, turn you to stone or something. Yeah, something like that. Man, so there you go. Her her absolute nightmare: not being pissed and shat on. (laughs) I think that what happens there too is like after all that happens, I think Freddy Krueger is there and he goes, "Better to be pissed off than pissed on, bitch." Right. (laughs) Seems yeah. to make sense. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what he would say. 100%. <laughs> well, the other one that you assigned me was to talk about the nightmare of Christine, the car from mm-hmm. Christine. That's right. And this is going to be an interesting one because you I've actually seen never Christine? seen Christine. Yeah, like I yeah. don't really know why, <laughs> but I haven't seen it. I guess I've been at this point, I'm just like, I'll just wait and do it on the show, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's a Carpenter movie. We'll definitely do it, though. So. Oh, yeah. Might as well hold it off. So I was thinking about it, though, and I know that it's about a killer car. It's about some kind of, like, possessed or haunted car, what kills people, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm thinking in Christine's car dream, what ends up happening is that, you know, Christine has lived a long life and soaked up a lot of blood and killed a lot of people, but then has been sheltered in a barn under a tarp for a long time. And then, you know, one day after waiting for years, the barn door opens and uh, this guy that works with um, like an estate company is leading a young guy in there. And he's like, well, you inherited the barn and everything in it from your paw after he died. So I reckon this is yours now. And he takes the tarp off of Christine. Christine's excited, got the bloodlust back. Like, finally, I'm going to get to kill again. But then the headlights of Christine pan over to its new owner. And it's me. (gasps) That's right. Me, who up until last week was still driving my 1997 Corolla with 314,000 miles on it. No headliner, some body damage, all kinds of random problems all over that car. I am a drive-it-to-death kind of guy. So I think that if Christine saw me, 
it's going to be shaken. And obviously, the guy working for the estate company is Freddy Krueger, of course. Obviously. Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you now, it, you need to see Christine. Awesome. She would love that. <laughs> well, I'm just you thinking, like, Christine. basically, I get in Christine, and it's just driving crazy all over the road and stuff, and running over people, and doing, like, all kinds of damage to the car and stuff. Maybe it, like, busts a radiator or whatever. But then, like, within minutes... I'm pulled over on the side of the road watching, like, Yugoslavian YouTube videos about how to repair a, a radiator on a Christine car. And I'm, like, going to AutoZone being like, I got the part for five bucks on eBay and stuff, so let's get some hoses and things. And I'm just mangling the thing, putting it back together and working on it and stuff. And Christine's like, oh, my God, like, this guy's a fucking maniac. He just won't quit driving me everywhere. <laughs> I think eventually Christine starts trying to like kill itself and I just keep fixing it over and over with like used parts from eBay that just keep breaking again. I'm sorry <laughs> I've set you up for failure and spoiled Christine for you. Christine oh. uh, self heals. Oh really? And is in love with her driver. So well, see, here's the you thing, would though. be her absolute dream. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is that's kind of funny about that too is there is so many times with my old Corolla where... I would drive it one day and the engine would make some like horrible knocking sound, like something really wrong was going on. And then I'd just like park it and leave it for a few days and come back and it would have fixed itself and I wouldn't have done anything to it. It's just like, eh, it got it got better. It would so be you like, aren't you worried about lived that? Christine. Yeah. Now just be careful the next time because because you've gotten a new car. I Christine's the jealous type. Next time you're out walking the dog, if suddenly some bright headlights flash into your uh -oh. eyes and you you get an ominous feeling, just run. Just run, <laughs> baby. It's my Corolla. Back it's to get Corolla. me, huh? Back to get you, yes. Well, fortunately, though, I think you could probably outrun it on foot, so not too worried about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not too concerned, honestly. <laughs> would be hilarious if there was a Christine sequel where the engine was just fucked. Yeah. And it was like, slow, yeah, slowly coming after you like, stop. Just stop it. <laughs> <laughs> What's last on your hit list? Here, oh, scene? man. So, Ben, this one was the hardest one for me. The ant from Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> Richard Angela. She's and so normal. She... Oh, yeah, that was the hard part. Was she's the most normal person. The hard part was the one thing we know is that she seems to hate dicks. Yes. It's like get that you aren't you pretend you don't have that. Um she's not a big fan of that. But what we also know is that she's very forgetful. So That's true. I think this is going to be one of the more comedic segments of this nightmare <laughs> on Elm Street we're making. Okay. Where basically, he keeps trying to uh, do things to her, and she keeps forgetting what's going on. So basically, like, <laughs> he makes Angela appear... But Angela's, like, wearing boy clothes and doing boy things. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, no, 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 dear. We mustn't do that. And, like, then, you know, something... Fred, Freddy basically, basically is like, but I'm a boy, bitch. Uh, <laughs> and then she's like, what's going on? What's this on my finger? I've forgotten now. 
And Freddy's like, I just told you. I just told you, yeah. Um, <laughs> Do I have to go like, oh, again? Who are you again? Um, <laughs> basically, Freddy eventually just gets frustrated and kills her. Okay, that works. <laughs> I get it. It would be very frustrating, especially if you're trying to set up some good, like, yuck yucks and one liners and stuff. She keeps forgetting the direction of where the joke was going exactly. anyway. You got to explain <laughs> yeah. the joke. It's not funny anymore. Yes. That's exactly what I was thinking is that it would be a very frustrating, like, like, the whole segment would be frustrating for Freddy. He would just be constantly, like, at every corner, like, okay, like, could you say the line you just said again? Just said, <laughs> oh, my quip was really good. <laughs> now, why would you be talking about a hot dog and a shake? Because she has a dick. I've already explained this, bitch. <laughs> just ruining his jokes man ruining just him. ruining it. <laughs> just be, I, I i really want this now though like i want a a, a, a nightmare on up street movie where he invades other horror movie like i would absolutely watch the fuck amazing. out of that if somebody wants to like volunteer to animate that stuff and then we write it yeah, I'm way 100%. the fuck on board for that right there. I had a couple of others that came to mind that like I almost asked you to put on your list, like one of which being the Pop and Lock girl from Jason Takes Manhattan. Oh right, the one who uh, Jason uh, Part Five, right? The one who that's like, right. They they filmed her kill, but we didn't get to see it, and she got yeah. like like uh, an axe to the to the pussy, right? Yeah, I think so. I think that's the one right there. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about maybe asking you what Rughead from the Wraith would would have a nightmare about. Oh man! <laughs> uh, okay, so no losing races, no losing actually, cars. I I would imagine it would have something to do with cars breaking down or whatever. Gutter Boy would be a little bit different. I'd love ah. to see Gutter Boy take on. For, actually, you know what? The Wraith versus uh, Freddy. Boom! I'm That's in. That's the movie. I'm way on board for that, man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you guys that are listening have any ideas about some horror characters, what you would like Freddy to invade, why don't you tell us about them over there on the Facebook group? How about you guys tell yeah. us what would happen in Leatherface's Freddy Dream or in Michael Myers' Freddy Dream or even well, Inspector sure. Loomis? I mean, there's so many that you could explore. So if you have any that come to mind after hearing this conversation, let us know about them over there on that Facebook group. Where can they find that? Uh, Facebook.com forward slash dead and lovely. Head on over there. We got a great yeah. group. We'd love to hear from you. Join us. Join us join now. Us now. <laughs> <laughs> Local bank jingle humor. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Not enough of it, honestly. No. Huh? Very niche humor, but it's good okay. when it's good. <laughs> well, Steve, the reason we're here today is to talk about Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5, The Dream Child from 19... 19- Eighty-nine. Don't cut me off. I was getting there. Nineteen eighty-nine. <laughs> yeah, nineteen nineteen and eighty-nine, man. And this is uh this is the fifth installment in the series, and boy, did it kill the franchise. <laughs> did you see this one when it came out? Uh no, def- definitely saw it on, on VHS, yeah, okay. around that time, I'm sure. But like because, yeah, we loved uh, Freddy. And, I mean, that's that's the setup for this movie, really, is Fre- Freddy Fever, right? Yeah, like, sure. He had been all over MTV, and, and there were, like, you know, Freddy products. Uh, <laughs> like, licensed Freddy products being sold to children. 
a child molester being sold to children. Uh, <laughs> just the craziest shit. Anyway, just go uh, with it. Just go with it. It works. Yeah, just make money. It. Well, here, okay, so that's my, all right, I, I want to I talk a lot about the meta of the franchise in this episode, because one, the movie doesn't make much sense, and there's not, no. a, not a ton of, uh, to talk about there, but the, this, the problem is that they, New Line saw that Freddy was becoming a joke, and instead of leaning into it, like they do with Freddy's Dead, which comes after this, Instead of leaning into it, they tried to rein it back. And mm. by trying to rein it back, they ruined everybody's good time. It was like yeah, everybody's kinda. at the party like, fucking Freddy's here. This is awesome. And then somebody's like, everybody, shh, shh. Hold on one second. Just wanted to remind you, Freddy is a child molester. Okay, party back <laughs> on. Go. Oh, uh, vibe's huh? kind of done. What? Huh? Right? Um. So it, it basically just ruined it. Like... So they, what happened was they made the Nightmare on Elm Street Part Four, which was like goofy. It was sillier than any of the ones before, but it also was like really popular. It was the MTV Nightmare on Elm Street. Like Rennie Harlan made this really popular with teens movie. They enjoyed it. They wanted more of that. Um, and then Freddy's Nightmares came out, which is a TV show. Oh yeah. And the the pilot episode of that. No more Mr. Nice Guy, directed by Toby Hooper. Oh. Is um is the backstory of, of Freddy about how he, you know, was a child molester and murderer and uh got off on a technicality and these parents all got together and burned him alive. Mm-hmm. So there's the beginning of this obsession with the roots, like where this character comes from and what are his motivations and all that? And that's the beginning of the end. Because we don't need that. We need Bugs Bunny. We need yeah. we need him to be ridiculous. I watched Freddy's like I uh, I watched part three and four before I watched five here to to just get back in the, the context of it. Okay. Yeah, there's some bleed over between those movies. Yeah. There is, yeah. Yeah, those three are so very similar in like what like their focus is which is the kill scenes really um but i watched freddy's dead and i've always freddy's dead is not a good movie Mm -mm, no i've always hated that one yeah watching the dream child to review it and then watching freddy's dead freddy's dead is a better movie and dream child shouldn't exist like if they went from four to six it would have made more sense i can totally get what you're saying there because I also historically have hated Freddy's Dead. That's always been like my least favorite installment of the franchise. Yeah. But after watching this one, I can at least step back and say at least Freddy's Dead has like a cohesive storyline that kind of makes sense. Like kind of, so yep. many of the parts of this movie don't make any fucking sense whatsoever. And there's also a lot of elements of this movie that are kind of indistinguishable from part four. And right. I don't know why it is in my head. Like, I always mix four and five up. Parts one, two, and three totally have their own space in my memory. Freddy's Dead, New Nightmare all have their space in my memory. But four and five are this weird, like, black hole. It's just this slurry of these two movies that aren't really that great. And I can never remember who is in either movie, what kills happen in either movie. It's just kind of a mess in my head. Is it like that with you two? I can tell that you're 
this is like a real clear thing because you're you're forgetting that four is fun and five is pretty fun yeah yeah that's true five never tries to be fun do you remember four has like invisible freddy kung fu fight yeah (laughs) like it's got all it's got the yeah the, the cockroach kill like Four is fun. It's it's silly. It's ridiculous. And five never does it. Not that none of the kills are cool, and not that it doesn't have some real cool shit like that yeah. motorcycle scene. Uh, but it it's never fun. It never even tries to be. Yeah, it's pretty joyless affair overall, huh? Yeah, but they do. I mix them up too, like because I I think it, it's probably because Alice. I guess like there, yeah. there's the connection between Alice and Dan and how Alice and Dan actually aren't that like charismatic. No. So it's kind of like bland. It's just, yeah. When your main characters are bland, that kind of all bleeds together. Yeah. So you're saying that you think the entire series would be better if it went straight from four to, to Freddy's dead. Yeah. Cause that's the logical next step. And, and also if six, then cut all of the backstory. There should mm-hmm. not be backstory about Freddy. We have enough backstory from the first one. That's Are you talking about like the need. dream demons and stuff that give him his powers or whatever? Uh, that's, that's actually fine. That's cool because it's like, oh, okay. Now you're giving me more story that is like mysterious and would then open up more avenues for future storylines. When you're further explaining the backstory, that's all you're doing is elaborating. Yeah. Like you're not giving us something more to latch on to. And what you're elaborating is a a child murderer who people want that they, they want to like him. So stop making him unlikable. Like yeah. lean into likability. Let him mm-hmm. be Bugs Bunny. Send him to the stratosphere. When people get tired of it, then you stop making the movie. Maybe that, right? Yeah. But instead they they outthought themselves like they they were trying to make it serious again i i think if you went from if you skipped five and went straight to six and then had west craven's new nightmare it would still have a logical flow because now so, Fre- yeah. freddy is so big in six that he's escaped um this the one city now he can go to all cities so, you know, next logical conclusion, well, now he can escape his world. Now he can go into other world. Yeah, yeah. And also by then, Alice would have been long gone, so you don't even have to explain what happened to her or where she went or anything. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I think I think five just is this, like, interruption in the flow. But it also has more connections to two than any of the other movies. How do you mean? Well, it's the only movie where Freddy merges with somebody other than two. Okay, yeah, we do get that at the end, even though it makes absolutely zero sense, zero sense whatsoever. It, it looks cool. It does look cool. It does look cool, but it makes zero sense. But it it's definitely seems like it's calling back to part two and this idea that Freddy can possess a person, um, which is not really... It's not ever... Uh, used in any of the other movies that's Mm -hmm. only two and five and i think you know uh, they obviously were trying to step away from two because they thought it wasn't the right direction to go and we've talked about that before go check out our episode on part two part two's great dive yeah yeah but it seems like uh part five like 
it's it's like almost maybe accidental connections back to two but like it also has maybe, like yeah. the the bursting shower scene which is mm-hmm. similar to the shower scene in part two in in many ways like freddy has this power over showers somehow <laughs> he's got the shower power bitch. he's got the shower power yeah <laughs> but what this movie does have is a plot that tells us about Alice who's having a baby and then Freddie is um you know he's uh he's he's back and he's using you know the baby dreams and right. uh, you know what i mean yeah so the story of this is that <laughs> Alice is impregnated somehow by Dan and that Freddy is using the baby to come. So without the ba- okay. <laughs> and already hitting snacks, Got yeah. It. Somehow Freddy just comes back. I mean, like the movie basically is like, like it, it, it has a dream sequence that's supposed to explain how Freddy came back, but the dream sequence doesn't explain how Freddy is making the dream sequence happen. No, exactly. It's a total like chicken egg situation. And dude, it's the kind of thing where I remember whenever, you know, I watched four years and years and years ago with our good buddy Brandon Suttles. Yeah. Um, way back in the day, whenever we watched this, I remember thinking like, man, it's so stupid that Rennie Harlan had like a dog piss fire and that's how Freddie <laughs> came back. Give me a reason. And now I look back and I'm like, Actually, I liked it better when the dog just pissed fire. Yes. And Freddy's back. It's so because much better. I don't fucking know because he's back. You want a movie, don't you? Like, yes, that's actually exactly. enough. Whereas with this, you're right. It tries to pull this explanation of, yeah, he's back and he can inhabit the dreams of a baby and uh, do he can stuff. Take what? the souls of Alice's friends and then put them in the baby, which will make him the baby. What? Like, is any of that ever said in the movie? Because Freddy's like, it's a boy, soul food for the baby. And it's like, right. I don't really know even how you extrapolate a story or what's going on or what he's trying to do out of that. Like, is he trying to be like Vigo the Carpathian style reborn into the world as a baby? It seems that way. And it's antithetical to his entire being. Like, yeah, he his powers are in the dream realm. He has no powers in the real world. Yeah. So if he came back as a baby, he'd just be a powerless baby. So what's he trying to accomplish here? Uh, Maybe he is like he has like a, a milk fetish. Like he really just wants to today some teats. Yeah, might be that man might be yeah. that. That hmm. could be it. That could be it. I don't know. I mean. It makes no, it makes zero sense, like absolutely zero sense at its core. Like the reason that Freddy came back is that he's back. And the reason that he wants to be a baby is that he wants to be a baby. The end. (laughs) That's a movie, right? Go buy a ticket. I don't know. Fuck you, kid. That's the story. The story is, I don't know. Fuck you, kid. I mean, you know, on the documentary, Never Sleep Again. uh, So good. One of the producer says that they they did like four weeks of planning for this that's wow. not they had a, a poster before they had a story a huge movie 
<laughs> like they had the poster design and stuff in hand before they even decided what it would be about. It's a total like Masters of the Universe scenario where they were designing that action figure line and somebody was like, I don't know, Masters of the Universe, that sounds cool. Who are the Masters of the Universe? I don't know. Make some fucking action figures. With this, yeah. they were like, there's a poster and admittedly the poster is fucking sick. Like Freddy's got that like crystal ball with the baby in it and stuff. That's really cool. And then they were just like, I don't know, reverse engineer this and make a movie out of it. And then wonder why it doesn't make sense. Hmm. Yeah. It. I mean, I don't think they cared if it made sense, honestly. I mean, this is... They cared if it made money. <laughs> yeah, they cared if it made money. They, they, you know, this is the fifth in in a series. They had to see that it, 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 the end was coming. Sure. And... I think they were trying to like get ahead of the curve by making it more serious again, thinking like, Oh, people are going to be done with silly horror, which is a crazy thing to think in 1989. Like looking at the stuff that we've talked about around then it's, it's all weird. It's all pretty silly. I don't think people were tired of it. Uh, they, they probably could have, if they went, you know, way into the bugs bunny element, they probably could have got a couple more movies out that, not to say they would be good, they'd be formulaic and probably pretty bad, but they would have made more money. <laughs> like, yeah, it could be. Man. If their goal was to to make money, which is I, you know, from watching the the documentary, it's pretty clear that's what Bob Shea was going for. There's more yeah, money. Definitely seems that way. Yeah, I mean, at least try to at least try to get what your audience wants out there. And I know that is tough, but when you look at like the set design and the, the effects and stuff, it's like, this is top notch. This is awesome stuff. Yeah. There's some good stuff in here. It would be great if the story like (laughs) was in any way related to how awesome everything else is. It would, wouldn't it, man? And so according to never sleep again, which is of course fantastic and everybody should watch it. Yeah. Check it out. The story of how this movie got made is exactly like the story of every other sequel that ever got made for Nightmare on Elm Street, where they were like, hey, we made a thing and we didn't really spend any money on it, but it made millions of dollars. Holy moly, it performed above and beyond what we could have anticipated. And now it's time to make another one. Ah, shit, we don't have any time or any money. Just force something out. How does this keep happening with this fucking franchise, dude? <laughs> I don't understand. The turnaround. I mean, it, it really was a. I mean, it, it it's business. This is um this is not about art at at this point, uh, especially by the fifth installment. They are just like, get it out, whatever. I mean, it, you know, <laughs> you you if you watch that documentary when they're talking about the Freddy's Nightmare show, like Bob Shea seriously was like. You want to direct something? You direct an episode of this. You want to write something? You can write an episode of this. I don't care. Yeah. It, it was, they were cashing in on a phenomena. And my main problem here is that they could have done it better. They could have more efficiently cashed in. Like, I understand uh, we, we love horror as an art, but horror is also a business. And in this sense, like, the, the fifth installment of a series is rarely going to be great. Sure. Uh, so it's, uh, 
you know, the fact that the turnaround was so quick, they had a month of planning. They basically were just told, like, get it done. We want it to, you know, look like a Freddy movie. <laughs> go, go make a Freddy movie. Pretty much, man. They're figuring stuff out on set, figuring out story as they went. I mean, if you, you look, there's like four story by credits and uh, there were like several different scripts that were given to the new line and things are kind of just all over the place. It really feels was like it. just it a really jumble. Feels like it. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. It feels exactly like it when you're watching the movie. Like this is just a mishmash of ideas some of the ideas are really cool the motorcycle we said i really like uh super freddy and i, I like the design of that comic book character type of dude I, uh, that was fun but doesn't fit the rest of the tone of the movie yeah <laughs> which is about a, a girl dealing with a pregnancy and that's the thing about this movie too man is like it had been a while since i watched this one and if it's been a while since uh you as a listener have watched this one just try to think of the through line of the story of this movie and what it's actually about. <laughs> it's probably not what you're remembering, and you're probably wrong about it. And if you want some proof of that, like go on IMDb and read some of the reviews, especially like the really highly rated reviews, and read the ones where people give like a synopsis of what the movie's about. Everybody describes a different movie. Like nobody really remembers what this movie is about. No. No, because how could you? <laughs> it's how could like... you? It makes no sense at all, man. It really, really doesn't. Uh, but I will say, like, it starts off pretty strong. I mean, there's, like, the the sexy scene at the start, and that's kind of whatever while the credits are going. It goes forever. It's but then after long, that, yeah. we get, like, Alice in the shower, and then, like, the drain's backing up, and the shower uh, fills that's up. So that's gross. scary. Ooh, oh, it's so nasty, it's man. Yeah, oh, yeah. It, it, that, like, I don't like those enclosed showers like that. No, and uh-uh. it is is directly from this scene. Seeing this as a kid, so really? this scene was very effective. Yeah, wow, I know this man. isn't like really possible because, like, well, I guess it is. If you had a well sealed shower like that, and somehow the door could withstand the pressure of that sure. much water, I guess that would be possible. But it's highly unlikely. I mean, there's other dangers too, man. Joe Spinell from uh, Maniac and stuff. You know, he died because he fell in a shower enclosure. Uh, yeah, and glass, showers like, are scary. Cut him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I worry about that type of shit all the time. And, oh, and yeah. our shower is slightly elevated off of the floor. Oh so yeah. So if mm-hmm. you fall out of it, ex- extra fall. ECW. <laughs> You're done. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, then she's like transported into the boiler room and stuff. Like it feels like very classic. Elm Street. And like you said, you mm-hmm. had like the shower like kind of like distorting and freaking out and all that jazz, which was kind of reminiscent of stuff that we saw in other movies. And um, I actually really like where this is going. And then we kind of get into some of the Freddy being born stuff. And you're like, yeah, what is what? this? Like, yeah. w- was he born burnt looking? Because I thought the burns happened after he got burnt. Yeah. So this what? is obviously like a nightmare dream, but it's like so then Freddy would be making that happen. So but he's Freddy's already back. gone. So the, the scene that you're showing is the Freddy coming back, but he has to be back for the scene to be happening. Yeah. What? Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't get it. But it doesn't. It the, the movie doesn't take any time to explain it. So there's no way to get it. 
Like, yeah. There's no way to make it make sense. But I will say, like, the lead-up to that, you know, with the whole, like, Son of a Hundred Maniacs and stuff and that set of, like, the, yeah, it's well uh, the asylum and stuff, it immediately does kind of draw me in where I'm like, damn, the set design in this is great. And that yeah. honestly does carry on through the rest of the movie in a myriad of different ways. Like, the sets in this really do look fantastic yeah but yeah like the whole like birthing scene and then he comes back and he crawls into the sweater and now he's big again but his left arm is too long for some reason okay yeah and dude like whenever he comes back and he initially like stands up in front of the stained glass window and it kind of explodes and blows him back he's also got these like flipper feet did you see that i did what the fuck is that i don't I don't know. I don't know. Like he's got like huge hobbit feet. There's so many ideas throughout the movie that don't get followed up on, or like don't. I I guess it was like in the day it was a cool idea, and then like two days later when they were like continuity, it was like why did we do that? And they didn't remember, <laughs> and then like yeah. just forgot about it or whatever. Like. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. I don't I don't know what's happening there. Why has he got that long arm? Yeah, because like I I guess it's because like the the Freddy baby thing was slightly deformed, and it's supposed to be like from that. I, guess. I thought it was like maybe a callback to the first one where we had That's a long arm Freddy too. Yeah, the long arm Freddy. But then like why why only we one didn't arm? see it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, here's the thing though is like there's a lot of this movie. That is on the editing room floor. There's a lot of stuff in this that got cut. And that definitely shows because there's some like bad continuity and stuff throughout the movie with some shots and stuff where you're like, wait, I thought she had the plane tickets a second ago to graduation and now he has the plane tickets again. Like there's a lot of bad stuff like that where there were just obvious cuts that were made that don't really make any sense at all. And I'm wondering if there was some kind of scene in here where Freddie was back and he did the long arm Freddie thing again and they had to cut that, but then they were like, well, we got to have him saying it's a boy and having his, you know, backlit uh, stained glass shot or whatever. So I guess we got to keep the long arm thing in here. It just shows that there, this was just hastily made. You yeah. Know? Yeah, for sure. There, like, yeah, the, there's so many continuity issues. Like, uh, Kelly, Kelly Jo Mentor is in here. She's in a ton of shit, including the Lost Boys and People Under the Stairs. And yeah, in summer right. school, which is an awesome movie. And in ER as Crack Mom. That's true. That's crack true. Mom. See, it's Crack Mom in ER. Yeah, that's literally her credit is Crack Mom. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> um, anyway, Yvonne, so Yvonne's a, a diver, I guess, at the school, and they've graduated. And, of course, you'll you'll not know about this being homeschooled, but all of us public school kids know that after graduation, there's a huge... Uh, get drunk as fuck and use the high school pool party. Ah, that is before your shift at the hospital starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, Yvonne, like, I, it's like after graduation, weeks after graduation, Yvonne goes back to the pool and w- one of the uh, women in the locker room says, you missed practice. You do not continue to practice for high school sports following Wait, graduation that is after the graduation yeah 
Well, what the fuck? That doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It, There's no it, truth in this art, man. Yeah, none of it no really comes it. together if you think about it for even half a second. But it, it, it does still have really good moments, including uh, Kelly Jo Mentor, Rosie Vaughn. She's great. Oh, yeah. She's definitely one of the best parts of the movie for sure. Yeah, and uh, Robert England bringing it, as he always does. Uh, but as we said, uh, Alice and Dan are just kind of bland. Yeah, yeah. Alice has lost everything special about what she was at the end of part four when she gained all of the powers that all of her friends had and used them to fight Freddy in the dream world. Okay, that's something that you brought up that I didn't even think about, but you're right. Like, at the start of part four, whenever it's Christy or Kirsty, depending on which part of Dream Warriors you're watching, but whenever she gets killed, you're right. She transfers her powers to Alice to be a, a Dream Warrior and to be able to drop into people's dreams and stuff like that. And then this time, I guess they kind of forgot about Alice's dream powers. Yeah. I I re, as I said I rewatched four and I had forgotten how lame the line was as uh, Tuesday night replacing Patricia Arquette gets killed and she says here take my powers. <laughs> 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 yeah, like, that sums what? it up, I guess. That's fine. I guess yeah, it works. Whatever. Anyway, um, but yeah, yeah. So they did. They like neutered her. She had like all these really cool powers. They should have like pressed that like. I, I don't understand why you wouldn't like what what do you what do you gain by making her just boring now just a, a regular person who goes into the dream world but can't really do anything yeah I don't really understand that man and you know we have that scene with the graduation and stuff that you're talking about which the more you mention that the less sense that that makes <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that's where we're introduced to you know every kid that's gonna be in this movie that's gonna get mangled talking about their interest slash fears and this is the thing man i figured out that if i ever am in a situation where i think i might be in a nightmare on l street movie right i think my defense my strategy is going to be show no interest or fear in anything you know so if i'm hanging out with all my friends and stuff they're like oh ben there's a bug on your shirt i'll be like that's fine i'm fine with that aren't you scared of bugs no. Are you hungry? <laughs> Do you want to go to the diner and pig out? My appetite is adequate. <laughs> like, I'll just try to show no interest in anything. Hey, Ben, do you want to shred on guitar? No. I would not mm. like to do that. No, I don't, I don't really think that's for me, actually. I would like I think, to strum it slowly. Yeah, strumming sounds pretty good. I think I'll just do something pretty average right there. Yeah. Nothing yeah. too excessive. Yeah, then Freddy takes you into the dream and he's like, are you talking about sh- shredding? No, you weren't. No, um, not really. What about them fr- bugs? Afraid of no. bugs? Oh, not really. No, I guess. Uh, how about uh, a party? You seem bland. You'd hate that. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to give Freddy like nothing to work with in particular. You know, that seems like a pretty yeah. safe choice to me. <laughs> it does. It does seem like a good idea. <laughs> and also, too, like during that graduation, you know, every kid is kind of presenting these familial pressures that they have like oh dad wants me to be a quarterback uh mom wants me to be a model parents and putting pressure on their kids like that seems to be a message that this movie kind of half-assedly has a little half-assed yeah 
yeah, it's there. It's different than than the previous installments where the the parents Elm Street parents are notoriously aloof and unattached and uh, alcoholics. Yeah, definitely. In this case, Alice's dad in in four is an alcoholic. We see him pouring vodka into his morning coffee, but Ugh, that'd be awful. Yeah, <laughs> vodka uh, and coffee uh, not interesting. Uh, uh, anyway, so he he's now an AA. And we see these parents who, instead of being disinterested, are overly controlling. Yeah, which could have been like a really cool plot point and Absolutely. developed a lot more. But even the parents themselves are just totally throwaway characters. Other than Alice's dad, who is like actually kind of in her corner a little bit, which is unique for this series. Very unique for the series, yeah. So yeah, we get introduced to the kids. They all have their fears and interests that are inevitably going to kill them, as we know, which right. at this point in the series, you're just like, okay, so something bad is going to happen related to that, and that's how that kid's going to die. It's like, there's no surprises at all. Yeah, it's become the 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 standard now. Like, this, this fifth movie is standardizing. Okay, that's it. That's how we do it. The part three started it, part four really solidified it. Now this is how we do it. It's always yeah. about their particular fears. And you go back and watch the first one, and that's not the case. And watch the second one, and that's I mean, that's kind of the case because our main character's uh, fear of his own sexuality. But that's more subtext than anything. It's else. more subtext, yeah. But it, this is just like it's overt, it's clear. But like it's also not as connected as it was in the third and the fourth ones because like okay so dan <laughs> wait when does he ever talk about a motorcycle <laughs> never dude like that's never. one of those things in this movie <laughs> and i got a theory as for why this is but like the whole concept that his dad is talking to that like coach and he's like he wants to be a good quarterback he's got the need for speed yeah that's how what? they connected it that makes no sense that makes zero sense. Like, if it was he wants to be a race car driver, right. that makes sense. But, like, a quarterback, what, how does that relate to, like, you should die on a motorcycle? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, quarterback no even as the choice of position for need for speed, especially in 1989, quarterbacks aren't running. What are you? No. What? Come on. Just, it, it really <laughs> was just like, well, we got to connect it. And I, I didn't even pay attention if that was an ADR line, but it probably was. They were like, oh, wait, how do we connect the motorcycle death? Have his dad say need for speed. Okay. Right? Well, here's the thing that I think about that. Because the kill count for this movie is insanely low. low. There are three kills in this movie. And if you think about it, a lot of them are very convoluted. Where obviously we have Dan the quarterback being in this fucking, you know, uh, hot rod, dirt bike, motorcycle fucking death thing. That makes no sense. But then also, too, considering that the first time that we see... Um, Greta, she's in her room with like all these porcelain dolls and shit. Yeah. And she's like very like lovey on them and stuff, which makes no sense for somebody who's just graduating high school. I don't think that that's typically what you do. That is strange. Yeah. Yeah. But then like she eats herself to death, but then later on she is a porcelain doll. doll. Yeah. I think that they like probably initially had a lot more friend characters in the movie and they merge some of them together. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure the special effects guys had like a whole lot of really cool kills planned and then yeah, the story and the budget for actors probably just wasn't there. So yeah, they just pushed a 
few things together. Yeah. Because, yeah, the, the poor... I mean, uh, you could you could connect it, but the movie doesn't. But definitely, like, be, feeling like she's being treated as a doll by her mom. Her mom is, uh, you know, constantly nagging her. <laughs> she's always uh, pointing out, like, her flaws and, and, you know, telling her to diet and all this stuff. And it, it's terrible. Uh, so that would make some sense, except why then, if she feels like a doll, would she have a doll collection? Yeah. Seems like she would be averse to them. It seems that way, you know? I just think that this was a couple of characters that got merged yeah, I into think you're one. Right there. Yeah. Because the idea of having a Freddy movie with three kills in it is so fucking lame. And then even when you get down to it, dude, other than just to be mean to Alice... Why does Freddy want to kill these kids? Like they're they're not at all related to the parents that killed him and stuff. Like this is completely detached from the original reason that Freddy was haunting the dreams of these Elm Street kids. Yeah, I mean four four was that too because four starts with the final Elm Street kids. You know, uh, Roland and and uh, and yeah, all of them. Yeah, and then they die pretty quickly in part four. And it's like, it's like Freddy was like, okay, done. Who, who are these kids? I guess like, <laughs> but there's no like connective tissue to it except that they were just friends. Yeah, and then this one just yeah, you're absolutely now disconnected from the Elm Street kids. Like the these are just some kids, and he's mad, mad at them. He's killing them because they're in a movie. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And dude, like, as far as the dream scenes themselves go in this, there are a lot of them because I guess apparently, I think there's some subtext that maybe Alice is narcoleptic and just falls asleep <laughs> at random times because she seems to. Dude, like one moment she's at her graduation and then she's in a dream. Like, I want the real world perspective of like, did she just lay down on the sidewalk and go to sleep and people are like poking her, going like, "Miss, yeah. are you okay?" Meanwhile, she's in this dream, like. She just dreams out of nowhere. I'll tell you what, dude. That's a power that I would love to have. I'm generally a pretty sound sleeper myself. But, dude, even in moments of, like, extreme duress, she can fall asleep on a dime. I'm she envious can. of shit as that. She can. I want the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead of, of this with uh, Yvonne. Because yeah. Yvonne, has, she survives. She She's in all those moments, basically, where she just falls asleep. Like, we would get her to just being like, oh, she's asleep now. Is this, is this normal? Dan, is this normal? Does she? <laughs> she does this she all did, the time, I she guess. She does this all. Okay. All right. Uh, hmm. All right, then. You get, you get her, like, you'd also get maybe an answer to the practice thing. Like, she's like, so I still got to come to practice after graduate. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Wh- why? <laughs> I don't get it, man. It's just like, even like Greta at the dinner table, at that scene, she, I guess, falls completely into REM sleep at the dinner table? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it seems that way. <laughs> Which is like, because she was just arguing with her mom, either in real life or her dream. We're not sure. So either she just completely fell asleep at the dinner table without having any conversation, or... She uh, was at the table having conversation with her mom where she was arguing and then just passed out. <laughs> you know how that is. You have a little argument with mom and then you fall asleep. 
Yeah. Like you do. It's it's a it's a strange it's a strange development for sure in the series that all of the children in this town just fall asleep at the drop of a hat. Yeah, man. And like a long time ago, you and I we spent a long time kind of brainstorming different ideas for like you know, Elm Street sequels or even yeah. like 2.5 mm-hmm. and like how we could have come back in between certain movies and stuff. And we had a lot of discussions about how you could make really cool Elm Street movies based on the properties of sleep and dreaming and stuff where if you yes. have someone who is a, again, a narcoleptic, that could make for a really interesting movie. If you have someone who's a lucid dreamer, that yeah. shit could get really interesting. Exactly. They could go into the dream world and train. Like, it, it, there's so many ways you could go with it that would be interesting. Yeah, and they just didn't. They are like, I don't know. The nope. kids are just falling asleep at random now. Now you're in a dream. Now they're dying. Whatever. Who gives a shit? Like, yeah. so little of a shit was given <laughs> as to, like, how the kids were getting in these situations where Freddy is attacking them and stuff. I don't know. It's It's just a real waste that they were just kind of going formulaic um, I don't know, the kid's in a dream now, now they're going to get killed by that thing they talked about earlier at this point, when there was more that you could do, I think, with Freddy as a character. Yeah, and it's, I mean, the direction of the film, you know, the the, the look, the feel of it is is, is good. It's, yeah. it's, like, not poorly done in any way. It's, it's Stephen Hawkins who directed Predator 2, so we know he can direct oh. a film. Yeah. Uh, worth a watch. This, I think, all just comes down to the real quick turnaround time, the real quick, like, pre-production, like, just not having the time to think things through. Just go, go, go. We got to get it shot. We got to get it out. It's got to be out this summer. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It, it's, a, it's a ridiculous way to create and try to tell a story, but you do see other movies succeed in that. And I think maybe some of this got overly focused on the effects and the dreams. Yeah, probably. I mean, but at least those guys and the effects team were, were given a shit. Yeah. I mean, really? Like there's, yeah. I mean, focus on your, your best parts, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some great looking stuff in here, man, especially as I said earlier, a lot of the set design and everything is really cool. And one thing that, I really enjoy that they did with this visually is tying in the kind of like burnt charred Freddy skin into some of the inorganic environments, like whether that be the rails on the diving board suddenly looking like that gross Freddy skin or even like um, early on whenever you get the, the car kill and Freddy's over there in the passenger seat, but with his own steering wheel and stuff like the interior of the car is made out of like Freddy skin and it looks really cool. And like he spits the champagne on the dashboard and it like sizzles. And then he I got a question uses about champagne that. to burn his own arm off. Yeah. Is Freddie allergic to alcohol? What's going on here? <laughs> like, does his body react to alcohol by creating acid? I don't know, because that didn't really make a ton of sense to me either. And I really wish that like, and again, this feels like a character merge. If there would have been a party hardy character that loved to fucking drink and then go drag race or whatever, that, that would have been, been like perfect. That would have a been a drunk driving setup. kill. Yeah. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. also would have been like relevant for teenagers yep. watching the movie and stuff. Would have made sense. What does like Freddie making drunk driving quips to a aspiring quarterback have to do with anything? Nothing. I, nothing. Nothing. I mean, I think 
for this to work, you would have to dump Alice and Dan, or you'd have to make a different movie about Alice and Dan. Like, a movie advancing the plot about Alice, rather than a movie that is obviously meant to delve into Freddy. Like, you, you could just make this, like, maybe some kid in Elm Street was a super fan of Freddy and tries to, like, make him come back. And totally. that's how all, like... And then you can focus more on, you know, creating cool death scenes that all fit a narrative rather than just, what's the coolest thing we've got to shoot today? <laughs> That's it. Let's shoot that, and then we'll figure out how it all makes sense. I will say, though, that that kill with Dan, where he's on the he's in the car, then he's in the motorcycle and stuff, is really cool. Like, it's cooler yeah. than I remembered and it's long. Like, it's, it's a really long. long sequence where he's really getting, like, pretty thoroughly tormented in this dream. Like, that's something that's kind of old school Freddy is, like, yeah. the kind of toying with and tormenting a kid before they eventually die, which is really cool. And, like, whenever he gets on the motorcycle and it's all, like, merging with him and shit, it's some legit, like, H.R. Giger, like, Cronenberg yes. body horror stuff. And, like, the, the kind of helpless look in his eyes as his eyes are kind of rolling around while he's got all this, like, techno-organic shit merging with him is really, like, disgusting and sad and intense and fucked up. But then at the same time, as fucking cool as that is, you've got Freddy overdub just going fuel injection airbags yeah that kind of ruins it a little bit because it, it doesn't fit the tone of what's happening because what's happening is like brutal yeah really brutal and maybe totally. that's why they added in the freddy bits because they were like well this doesn't fit the rest of the tone of the movie <laughs> but it does fit with the the tone that you were talking about earlier of just kind of trying to straddle that line of being like oh it's going to be serious and scary but also funny and stupid so like none of it ends up landing really with that kind of like just trying to split the difference and do a little bit of everything none of it really works to me yeah no i agree with you it, it's it's trying to be too much and not just deciding on on one thing yeah we have to talk about the uh, the child element of this <laughs> yeah we do it's really important to the entire yeah. story the entire it? story is is just hinging on this child bit now we get uh jacob about 33 minutes into the movie a very a movie important. called the dream child <laughs> there he is there he is he appears and he he's talking to uh, to Alice and he's played by by Whitby Hertford, who <laughs> you may remember from the Adams Family or from uh, Jurassic Park. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Oh, or Raising Hope. Raising Hope. You may remember mm -hmm. him from that. Uh, he he's got that. He's got the light eyes and the dark hair and that just sort of mysterious look. So he was kind of perfect for uh, horror movies. Yeah, spooky kid. Yeah, spooky kid. And like when we're seeing him and 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 whatnot, it is like, oh, okay, this is creepy. Where's this gonna go? And where it ends up going is that's her future child who turns into a baby and then she absorbs him. What is happening? I don't get it, dude. Like, 
Okay, Freddy is in the dreams of her baby. That's interesting because babies dream about what? I have no fucking idea, but they, they dream do. about sensations, basically, is, is the theory. Oh, you know, the cool. stuff that they 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 deal with day to day is basically warm, uh, you know, loud, etc. So they dream of their sensations. So they could okay. potentially have nightmares if say they're startled by a loud noise in the womb, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, that's cool, but then it's like, why does this future child that's, I don't know, how, how old is he supposed to be? Seven or eight? I don't know. I don't know how old kids are. Yeah, look, I don't know ages of kids. I think he probably looks like he's about five or six to me, but I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, why does he appear and it it just doesn't make any fucking sense whatsoever? Does he have some kind of dream powers that he can come back to her in the present as his future self what well he obviously he he has some of freddy in him later which would make it possible that he would have dream powers later but when we see him the first time none of that has happened freddy has not put her friend's souls into the baby yeah so what uh, yeah so do the dream powers have the ability to time travel which i'd love to find Listen, there's a world where uh, somebody who loved comic books got a hold of Freddy Krueger right after part three mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and just made an amazing world where we explored so much about Freddy without ever having a movie where we have to see him, you know, murder his wife in front of his child or whatever, like, or ride a skateboard, for example, or ride a skateboard. Yeah. Like there's, there's a world <laughs> where you, you could make a, a, you know, explore his powers and really get into that. But I, I think that, um, what we get from this basically is that he, he, he as a dream demon, no matter what you do, just can't be like he can't cease to exist. Mm-hmm. Like he'll go away for a while, but then he inevitably comes back and doesn't. There's no need for a catalyst. So like part four, you know, a dog pisses fire and he comes back. Like in this, no catalyst whatsoever. Just yeah, he's back. He just he is. comes back. He's back because he is. And then yeah, part six uh, just assumes like, well, he's back. The end. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the thing about this is, too, is like it gives us he's back because he is. But then also at the end, whenever we have that insanely convoluted ending fight sequence, which we'll talk about in a second, too, <laughs> like makes no those sense. kind of like dream uh, sperm head things that rip out of him pull the baby out of him. So, yeah, they pull the, the teenager uh, souls first. Well, the the dream child pukes on him after becoming partially Freddy. What the fuck is this movie? Okay. Dude, I'm telling you, once you start talking about the last like 15 minutes, you're like, I'm saying this wrong. I'm remembering this wrong. <laughs> yeah. No, you remembered it right. It just doesn't make any fucking sense, dude. So Alice becomes partially Freddy, then fights the partial Freddy out of him. Then How? the kid voluntarily becomes partially Freddy and Why? then pukes that out of himself. And that puke burns the souls of the teenagers out, which pull the baby out. 
This is like the most convoluted game of mousetrap of all time. Yeah, yeah. It's like, a how does that make any sense? And how did you sell that to, to Bob Shea? Like, that's the thing that I really wonder about this, is how do you come to Bob Shea with this? Yeah, I don't think at this point he cared. I think he really was just like, yeah, whatever. Checked out, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just want to go buy some more uh, some more blow, so I need some money, so right. what the fuck ever. Because <laughs> honestly, there's no way you could explain this and make it make sense at all. No. And dude, like those those lines at the end where like, yeah, Jacob becomes partial Freddy, which means being burnt, I guess. Yeah. And he's like, let's go. I want to learn stuff from you. <laughs> That's what he said. That line is so That's weird. That's the line? Let's go. I want to learn stuff from you. What? What? What should the kid say after he becomes Freddy to try to lure Freddy over to I him? Know, I don't like, know. Uh, let's go. Uh, I want to I learn stuff from you or something. I like, like why, to do I, stuff. Like, you know, what? like stuff. So, uh, just, say, just say the line. Say the line. Go. Okay, cut. Yeah, that's it. Fine. Good. <laughs> Moving it? on. We're almost Moving done. On. Just keep going. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And then he shoots this, like, fucking meat missile at Freddy, which does things... It doesn't make a goddamn bit of sense. And at the end of that, like, the the fucking Freddy Voldemort baby thing is ripped out of Freddy, which kind of merges with his mom? Yeah, but then, like, starts trying to claw its way out as adult Freddy. So it goes in as the baby, but now it's adult Freddy inside of her. What? And she... She is, I guess, gonna lock him away... Which, by the way, Freddy's dead. They do not explain no how no. he is no longer locked away. Just well, here's the thing: he is. ten years later, it says. <laughs> I got some ideas about old Amanda Krueger, and I hope you're ready for this. I hope so too. Okay, because clearly, whenever Freddy is born, he's born with some kind of like crazy supernatural fucked up elements and stuff. He's like this master of reality that can control and manipulate reality even from beyond the veil of death and stuff, right? Well, that I mean, that happens after death, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, exactly. And then, later on in the movie, whenever Yvonne finds um, Amanda Krueger's resting place or whatever and, like, touches her on the shoulder, and then it's just an empty robe that falls to the ground, this explains it all. Amanda Krueger was a Jedi, Whoa. <laughs> Freddy had that high midichlorian count, dude. That's why he can do everything. Holy shit. And Empty he's a Rose Sith. seals a deal, man. Exactly. He's a Sith. Uh-huh. That explains the fixation with red as well, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It also explains his fixation with having a child. Exactly he right. He didn't want to be the baby. He wanted to have his own little Padawan uh-huh. to teach to love hate or whatever. Uh, there you go. Okay, I can see this. I mean, he kind of sounds like Palpatine and looks like Palpatine. (laughs) Yeah, when you think about it, absolutely so. (laughs) So, myth busted, Freddy Krueger is a Jedi by birth. He's a Jedi! And and Amanda (laughs) Krueger was too, so that's cool. Wow. Yeah, that's the only way that I can make sense of any of this stuff. I gotta bring midichlorians into it, then it all comes together. That all makes it make way more sense <laughs> that he's he's an he's evil he's an evil jedi and he's using his midichlorians to uh, influence people's dreams honestly that sounds like a really like if they made a palpatine movie 
where he did that? That'd be fucking rad. Yeah, pretty much, man. What do you what do you think about Greta's kill with kind of like the the eating to death? It's very like uh, it's way far thin, like very Monty Python kind of death. But I think it's disgusting and fucked up and really cool. Her mom is so obsessed with her weight and her dieting. It seems like the like a dream where she gets to actually eat would be like a dream, not a nightmare. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I that, that I think that's a good turn in some ways because she has this bad relationship with food because of her mom. So I I, I think it works because of her, you know, her obvious like anxieties and stuff regarding food because of that but it's also like i feel like it, it would have been a better nightmare for her to say starve to death or something like okay. that yeah. that's what's being forced on her that's her nightmares that she's afraid uh because of her mom's control over her but also like the force feeding in front of people and that feeling of helplessness like all of that too is there so i i think it works it's real it gross. Yeah, real it's gross. Nasty. And the thing about it is, too, is, again, the special effects team really giving a shit where nobody else really yep. seemed to. This whole scene was actually even better. Have you seen the uncut version of this? Uh, No. What's going so on So there that? was, like, an extended cut that came out on VHS, and you can find the remnants of it on, on YouTube. But, you know, basically the scene starts, and, like, um, you know, waiter Freddy brings out the tray with the porcelain doll on it and a bunch right. of food and then kind of the next thing that you see is that he's like feeding her a piece of meat or something and she has like this hole in her stomach the scene was a lot longer and freddie like force fed her a bunch of stuff from the table and then like slashed her stomach open and started like refeeding her her own partially oh. digested bits and meat like, it's really oh. nasty and disgusting and fucked up. And the thing is, too, is like, okay, they edited that out. But then later on in the movie, I think it's in Yvonne's dream. Um, Freddie has Greta as the porcelain doll. And she has, like, the big gaping hole in her stomach. And he does pull a piece of meat out of her and says, like, she's delicious, isn't she? Or something like that. Yeah. So they left that in. So, again, there's just all kinds of, like... Editing in this, yeah, yeah, that made continuity problems later on. But even as it is, even in its kind of like neutered, sort of censored version, I think it's still a really good, effective, and very gross kill. And I really like the prosthetics and stuff they did with her, like kind of distended cheeks and stuff. She looks really helpless and disgusting. And I think it's really effective. And then we also get some like stop motion shit whenever Alice opens the fridge. And again, like, What's going on? Alice is making dinner. She opens the fridge. I guess she's in a dream world where food goes bad? What? Yeah. I mean, it, it looks cool, but why does that happen? And then well, why, why does, does it happen? Why does um, uh, Greta appear out of the, the door of the yeah, refrigerator? Like does, does Greta have Kirsten's powers to jump into other people's dreams? This dream that Alice is having in the kitchen, standing on her own feet for some reason? What? They just wanted to make a crazy supernatural movie and not be confined by the whole you have to be dreaming for this to happen, which means you need to be asleep and laying down in a bed somewhere. They just kind of threw that out the window because they wanted to make cool shit happen. Yeah, I think that I think it does boil down to that is trying to make cool shit happen, really, and hoping 
that the flaws of the movie would be overlooked because of the cool shit. But I think, I think, unfortunately, not enough cool shit happens yeah. to cover up <laughs> all the flaws. Yeah, but, pretty much, you know, man. There is some real cool shit that that like MC Escher last dream fights uh, set is, is very cool. cool. Yeah. Again, a lot of care taken into that. I think that looks really awesome. And then it just kind of like stops making sense <laughs> altogether, as we said. Yeah. But I even wonder where, you know, some of the cooler elements of this movie came from. Because even that entire dinner sequence that precedes Greta's uh, death by force feeding really felt a lot like the dinner scene in Beetlejuice to me. Yeah. The set, the characters, everything seemed to have this like over the top, wacky Tim Burton-y vibe. Just like Beetlejuice did. I wrote down in my notes here. How much of Freddy is Beetlejuice and how much of Beetlejuice is Freddy? Because Beetlejuice, the character, obviously has some elements of Robert England's performance as Freddy. Sure. Beetlejuice had just come out in 88, the year before. So, came out the same year as Part 4. Now, Freddy in this, somehow to me, this just like came to me. I think it probably is the recognition of that scene being similar to the dinner scene in Beetlejuice but it was just like he seems to be doing some Michael Keaton like as Beetlejuice like he seems to have taken some of that performance in to the Freddy performance because he seems a little more like baby like I I don't know like he just has some sort of more charisma to him in this one than, than he had had before not that you know, he's always been charismatic and that's always the draw is that Robert England is charismatic. But in this, it's like he leans more into that charisma, more bravado kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I, and I wonder if it's like he, he was influenced any by the Beetlejuice because, you know, Michael Keaton was obviously doing some Freddy stuff, I think. And I think, yeah. it, you know, maybe a nod back and forth of like, oh, I like what you did there. I'll take some of that, too. I mean, they're both just creepy guys that love stripes. What can I say? <laughs> what, what is with that truck driver who comes out dressed like Freddy? Oh, dude, I know. Fuck? He jumps out of there out of nowhere with that hat and the sweater and stuff. What the and fuck he's got blood on his face somehow. He he was in a, a, a semi and he hit a, a, a truck head on. <laughs> and all he has is a little bit of blood on his face, but he seems fine <laughs> otherwise. Like, yeah, what the fuck? That would have been a massive crash. <laughs> oh yeah, man. I hadn't really thought about the the Freddy and Beetlejuice analog until you brought it up. But it's like, really, there's there's a lot of connective tissue. Yeah. Between those two characters, when you start thinking about it, I mean, they kind of inhabit different realms and stuff, but they're ultimately both out to scare people, drop some quips, do some gross stuff. Yeah. Like, that's both of those guys, really. Yeah, it's both It's both of them. You know, Ben, I wanted to bring this back, because we're coming to a close here. I wanted to bring this back to something we started talking about earlier hmm. in the episode. Okay. And that's Mortal Kombat. MK. Let's bring it back. Did you know Freddy is in Mortal Kombat? I saw that he was added to the roster, yeah. Yeah, it was back in 2011. Mm-hmm. The Mortal Kombat that came out then. Oh, you mean a decade ago? A decade ago, yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> I saw that recently in the newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> so, Freddy 
exists in the Mortal Kombat universe. And in the Mortal Kombat universe, Shao Kahn has fought him in the dream world and beaten him. And now Freddy is is pulled into the regular world where he doesn't have all of his power. Okay. So the the movie here is positing a plan, I think, in which Freddy becomes a baby. And basically, not only by becoming a baby, becomes helpless, but also gives up all of his dream powers. Mm. Like, all of them. What would be... I mean, we talked a little bit about maybe he's got a milk fetish or whatever, but what would be his plan? Because in Mortal Kombat, he Mm. gets a second glove, and that does it somehow. Um, (laughs) So what, what is his plan here? Like, is he planning to grow up human and and kill kids again? That's a good question. I think he's just going to chill out, diddle some kids, maybe invest in Bitcoin. I don't know. Oh, he does seem like that guy. Yeah. He's here for the memes, dude. He's just here for the memes, I'm pretty sure. Freddy Krueger would love memes. He's just totally a meme stock guy. Wouldn't it be amazing if, like, here in 2021, if we got a Kruger sequel that was Nightmare on Elm Street, the meme child, and he, like, inhabits memes on Facebook somehow? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's, I think I talked about that as, like, my, my, that would be my updated version of Freddy is to bring him back through the internet, like, yeah. and that he would, the dream realm would infect the internet. That That is exactly the way I would see it working now he would work through phones like but i mean if he did that it's kind of it's it's kind of lame it's like outside of his realm but it is the only way you would do it if you made a freddy movie now because you'd have mm-hmm. to involve technology oh yeah you'd have to for sure like, man yeah so i i i think there is room if we could get just one line we've talked about so many possibilities of like him, uh, you know, Robert England coming back as Freddy and playing him as like this, you know, this, uh, this guy past his prime who has to come back one more time to kill some kids. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> like he does. Yeah, like there, there's all many, there's so many ways you could do it, and I, and I, I would kind of love to see that because there, you know, even watching this movie and being like, oh, this is really bad, I still didn't struggle to watch it. Oh, yeah, totally, man. I, I absolutely get that. So one thing I was wanting to ask you about is, do you think that the the comic book kill that we get in this is somehow a response to, like, the 80s satanic panic, like, comic books are evil kind of notion that was definitely prevalent in 1989? Uh, boy. I didn't think of it as uh, deep in any way. I thought, they're just doing the Take On Me video. <laughs> it did look like the Take On Me video, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, that's that's all I... Because, like, yeah, I guess it's possible that they were, you know... Because, like, in, in Part 6, they do video games as well. Like, the, yeah, this, this fear that anything kids enjoy is Satan. Probably bad. Yeah, yeah, the 80s was <laughs> full of that. So, yeah, yeah, it's possible. I, I really did just read that as just, like, oh, they saw the Take On Me video, and they are like, could we do that? What if Freddy was there? That'd be cool, right? That'd be cool. Anyway, I mean, <laughs> honestly, it is. It, it's like the motorcycle uh, thing is the best part, I think, of this. But 
I really like Super Freddy and and the like design of of that whole world and stuff. It, it it's fun. And then like how they turn him into paper and then have him get shredded. Like that's a yeah, cool kill. It is cool, man. And again, it's cool how like they built that entire set in like grayscale and actually had the actor guy dress extremely brightly and they did like all kinds of like orange and red makeup on him Mm -hmm. that way when they desaturated the entire thing he would still look normal but all the sets looked super stark black and white that's kind of cool i do enjoy that really cool and and the uh the the paper effect was like in camera effect looks good yeah Yeah. and it looks good it does it's kind of a silly one but it's still okay to watch it's fun man what did you think about any of the themes of abortion through this movie? Because I oh, feel like with yeah. this being like a horror movie <laughs> set in the late 80s, That's it seems like this could have taken a big swing. Yeah, and had a big conversation about abortion, but... It could have. Not really, though, in this. It doesn't. Huh? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's it, like, yeah, it, nah, never mind. It does present her with the two options of the time, uh, abortion and adoption, and she rejects both to raise the child on her own, mm-hmm. which... You know, I I don't know, like, if they were trying to get at anything with that, they didn't expound on it. Like, they didn't make it make any Well, well here's the thing. There's that scene where, like, you know, her dad and her mom, you know, they get together and talk with Alice and stuff, and the mom is all like, oh, you know, we, we deserve custody of the baby, blah, blah, blah. And I think that we as an audience are supposed to see some kind of, like, irony between, you know, this... uh this broken household fighting over how their child can't raise a child as a single parent when they're right. divorced. But it's not really laid into that much, is it? Yeah, they they just, you know, they, it's like they had so many ideas that would have been good, like, things to pursue, but they didn't pursue any, they just, like, presented all the ideas and never went anywhere with any of them. Yeah. Which... At the end of the day, makes a, a muddled, confusing movie that doesn't really say much or do much. It just no. doesn't go anywhere. No, not really, man. And honestly, like the last message that the movie left with, I thought was pretty disappointing too. Where you know this whole movie, the past two movies, Alice is supposed to be our heroine, our our good guy, do gooder kind of character and stuff. And then at the very end of the movie, there she is sitting on a blanket with her recovering alcoholic dad, with her baby who she has named Jacob Daniel. She named her kid Jack Daniel. How insensitive <laughs> is that? That's very she fucking did. insensitive, Alice. That Come is on. insensitive. Yeah, oh man, what, they sat down for that picnic, and the dad started, he pulls out, uh, pulls out some sandwiches, pulls mm-hmm. out some fruit, pulls out some sodas. Got yourself a picnic. I mean, that's pretty solid. Yeah. This dad's got it together, like, if you remember four, like he, he didn't even want to talk to his kids or anything. And now he's having a picnic with his daughter and his grandchild. So that's, that's kind of a happy ending actually at the end of dream child, like way overly happy in comparison to any of the other endings. <laughs> yeah, that is definitely true. And then we're treated to a really fantastic late eighties rap. <laughs> oh man. The only trouble with that rap is Freddie's not on it, but <laughs> last question, baby Freddie versus baby Yoda. Where do you stand? <laughs> Again, this ties in with the Jedi thing very nicely. It does. It does. And I didn't think about that when I, <laughs> we were talking about this before. Uh, but I, my, my idea was you definitely could 
probably come up with a cutesy version of Baby Freddy and sell it. Aww. You imagine like, like what, what about slasher babies? Like little baby okay. Michael Myers, a little baby Jason Voorhees, and a little mm -hmm. baby Freddy Krueger, and baby Leatherface, all just yeah. hanging out. Oh, but it'd be like Mikey, Mikey Myers and Leather Baby and Aww. stuff like that. I think Leather <laughs> Baby's probably a thing, but don't Google it. Don't quote me on that. I don't know. Yeah, I I could see a cutesy version of of Baby Freddy <laughs> contending with Grogu for <laughs> the supremacy of cute baby thing. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, man. Closing thoughts about this flick. Like, I'll always be a little biased and a little nostalgic about this because it's a Freddy movie. You know, when I, I watch any of these movies, I think about watching through these with, with our buddy Brandon Suttles and stuff. And it makes me happy to think about because this was, like, the first big horror franchise that I watched through. Like, I had never watched all the Halloweens. I'd never watched any of the Friday 13ths or anything like that. This was the first franchise that I watched all the way through with my with my good buddy and stuff. So I'll always have good memories about this franchise that I know will give it some extra, you know, bonus points just out of nostalgia. Yeah. But man, alive, this movie doesn't make any fucking sense, man. And the dialogue, <laughs> we didn't even talk about the dialogue. It's fucking horrible. This feels like it's it was really written by bad. somebody that doesn't speak English, and then they just <laughs> directly translated and said, I don't know, say these words. Like, the dialogue in this is fucking horrible, man. But again, some cool sets and good kills and good special effects, but man, not a lot past that. Yeah, we, we didn't really even talk or mention the character Mark's name, but Mark uh, has a line at one point where he's talking about his own comic book character, the Phantom Prowler, and then he says, Jesus, he's not even real and he's more human than I am. <laughs> it's like, well, you said it, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know, man. I don't really have a lot else to say about this that's good other than some of the effects and sets. What are your feelings about this flick? Uh, I mean, you know, as far as uh, the good, yeah, sets, uh, effects, Robert Englund's still great. And, uh, I think, I think, uh, Kelly Jo Mentor does a good job. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's just, yeah, it's, it's kind of boring because n there's no real progress of, of anything going on. It's like just story points being thrown at you basically for an hour and a half. And it, it doesn't really come together to anything that you or that I care about. So, yeah, for me, this is a this is a rough one, and probably I think after having watched Freddy's Dead, and of course we'll do Freddy's Dead, and my, I might change my mind, but I I think this might be the worst of the series. Yeah, could be, and, man. And uh, I won't I won't be rushing to watch it again anytime soon. <laughs> but honestly, I regularly will watch through the nightmare movies. I'm not gonna skip it. So yeah, it's still fun. Uh, in that that sense of uh, Freddy's there, and uh, that that motorcycle kill is great. I, I like comic book uh, Super Freddy stuff. That's all fun. Uh, but uh, yeah, not 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 a great movie. Uh, I mean, it's like a I got three, maybe yeah. three and a half. Perhaps. I think that's pretty fair. I think that's pretty fair for me. I'm gonna go. I'll go a little bit over you just for the nostalgia factor. 
I think I'm probably going to say like four, four and a half, something uh-huh. like that. It's like you said, I won't skip this one if I'm watching through the Elm Street movies again. Like, I'll put on one any old time. I'll put on two and three any old time. I don't have to watch those in sequence. I'll just watch them. This is one that I will watch if I'm watching through the whole series, but not otherwise. You know? Yeah, that's entirely understandable. <laughs> but we want to hear what you guys think about this flick over on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. Where can they find them? Uh, at Dead Lovely Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Also, Facebook.com forward slash Dead and Lovely. And we got that screaming chat on Friday nights. Um, we normally, if uh, if Joe Bob is doing his last drive-in on Shutter, we watch we watch that. And uh, otherwise, we pick the movies ourselves. Most recently, we watched uh, whatever was on the last drive-in last time. I can't remember at all. Sick. What the hell? Totally just <laughs> out of my mind. <laughs> oh, one of them had Michael J. Fox, uh, class of '84. Okay, boy, there you that go. was brutal and hard to watch. Ooh, not good, huh? Mm, oh no, I mean, as far as like uh, movies with protracted rape scenes go, it's I oh uh, uh, one of them, one, <laughs> it's of, one them, of them for sure. It's All one right. of them, yeah. But the company was the good part, hanging out. Yeah, on the old that's the fun chat. part. Yeah, the screaming chat is all about chatting, uh, and maybe some screams from time to time. Hey, ah, I'm drunk. That is ah. scary. Oh no. Yep, it happens. And also, <laughs> if you guys want to support the show, you can consider joining up our Patreon page. Patreon.com forward slash Dead and Lovely. Head on over there. Become a uh, uh, a patron on any level. You get access to our uh, Patreon exclusive episodes. Uh, we will have an episode about Raised by Wolves out probably around the time this comes out. That's and right. And we, we, uh, it's TV test pilots. I didn't explain that. TV test pilots. We watched the first episode of a series and decide if we will keep watching that show. And I have watched the first episode of Raised by Wolves and I got a lot to say about it. I'm looking forward to talking about that one. We'll be having a good old chin wag about that. Also, if you join up at the $5 level, you get to toss in a movie of your choosing to the mm-hmm. Smoking Bowl. We draw out of that thing once a month, a submission from you guys, and we cover that on the show. There's been a lot of good episodes come out of that Smoking Bowl, so join up at the $5 level, and you get to put in your vote for what movie we should do next. But next week... We're doing what movie we think we should do next. Tell them about it, Steve. Yes. It's a movie called Saw 2. Saw 2. Saw 2. Mm-hmm. That's right. Saint. Saint. Yeah, it should have been called Saw 2. Seen it. <laughs> that like would have been better. really... They should have... This serious, like, movie with tons of torture scenes in it and stuff that's like, I'm uber dark. Should have also had joke titles. Just I think so. <laughs> just to draw them in, and then it turns out being fucked up. I don't think I've ever watched Saw 2. I want to say maybe I started it and didn't finish it at one point. Well, we'll be finding out about that one next week, so be sure to tune into that. Be sure to rate the podcast anywhere that you can do that, like Apple Podcasts is a great place sure. to go. Rate and review the show helps us out a ton and doesn't cost you a dime. And in the meantime, you guys go out there... Stay safe, have yourself some fun, and wash your damn hands. And your ass. And tune in for the next installment of Dead and Lovely. We'll catch you guys then. I've been Uncle Ben. I've been Hollywood Steve. And we've been Dead and Lovely. See you guys later. Goodbye. Bye, bitch. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 
coming at him hard at the end. So this week I've been watching a lot of Dark Side of the Ring, you know, and right. um, mm-hmm. it's fantastic, obviously, but it's also got me thinking back to some of my favorite wrestlers of yesteryear and their personas and the things they do. And I uh-huh. came to a little bit of a conclusion here about our man, Vader. Okay. Right? Because his thing was always, it's Vader time. It is, yep. <laughs> we never really got to find out what Vader time was. What is Vader time exactly? So it got me sort of thinking about this. Like, what could this be? And I was wondering, like, what if it turns out that Vader is actually, like, the most big, cuddly, snuggle bear, considerate guy that there is? And he was thinking, he's like, oh, I'm a great big guy. Maybe if I wear something really high, highly visible and stuff, like this black and red ensemble, I'll never sneak up on anybody and scare them. And then he's like, maybe my face is too scary for some people, so I'll wear this mask that sort of covers it. That way I don't, I don't spook anybody. And then yeah. whenever it's, it's Vader time, that's when <laughs> I'm just going to meet somebody and compliment them and give them a hug and just say nice things to them. Maybe that's what <laughs> Vader time is. But the thing is, it's just because of his natural demeanor and the way he looks he walks out to the ring and he tells the other guy it's Vader time and he just starts wailing on him. He just starts hitting him. It's like, whoa, what the hell, bro? Yeah. I was trying was to be Vader considerate. Time. Vader time is good. This was going to be good for you, but you're just, you're hitting me because you're scared of me. I, I got to fight you back and slam you just to get away from you. <laughs> <laughs> so I really hope this doesn't ruin the joke to know that Leon White, Big Van Vader, was in fact the sweet, cuddly man. Aww. And Shawn Michaels made him cry. <laughs> Did he really? Shawn Michaels was a fucking dick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shawn Michaels oh, yeah. made him cry. He, he threatened to have him fired during a match. Oh. Because this was at the time when Shawn Michaels had all the control. Oh. And, yeah. Poor, That's poor. Just sad. Leon White. He was just a sweet, sweet man. I hear, though, <laughs> working with him was... Not fun. He was a 400-pound man. So it hurt. It hurt a lot. (laughs) (laughs) It's Vader time. Watch out, everybody. I'm here. (laughs) I'm just letting you know. I didn't want to scare anybody. It's Vader time. (laughs) Oh, no. They just start wailing on him. (laughs) Why are you being so mean to me? I thought we'd be (laughs) friends. (laughs) 